0: I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 34. Their Lord requireth the heart and a willing mind, studying Doctrine and Covenants, section 64 through 66. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, she wrote. I'm actually recording during nap time on a Monday. Go figure. Usually I feel like I'm recording Sunday nights um or Sunday in the middle of the day while my husband hangs out with the other kids. Anyway, so let's talk about a couple of different things today. Um yes, I still sound like a bee flew up my nose and stung it. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I think it's either allergies or sinus infection or something, but I'm sounding super awesome right now. It's cool. Um, So what do we learn about the character of God from the city or state of Zion? Um, In the Come Follow Me, it says, I'm going to read this, It may have seemed like building Zion, a city of love, unity, and peace, was going to take a long time. Fortunately, building Zion in Missouri in 1831, or in our hearts and words today, doesn't require us to be perfect. Instead of you, it is required to forgive, the Lord said. He requires the heart and a willing mind, and he requires patience and diligence, for Zion is built on the foundation of small things accomplished by those who do not become weary in well-doing. Um, I just love that. Okay. So I went through the different scriptures, um, and all of my different notes and I found the things that I found, the things that I found, (laughs) I found things about Zion. It says it's a city of love, unity, and peace. There's not perfection. Um, you know, it's not required to be perfect. Perfect. Uh, forgiveness, patience, diligence, right? Those are all things that we read there. Um, small things to build the foundation. In Doctrine and Covenants 64, 22, it says an open heart. Um, in 64, verse 34, it says the heart and a willing mind. In verse 41, it says it will be an end sign to the people. Um, and it also says... Um, oh, I didn't write down the scripture where it says it, but it says that we are to be peacemakers. Um, so I love that. I feel like there's a lot of things that we can learn from Heavenly Father about the nature of God, right? That he wants us to be, have love, to have unity, to have peace, um, to be peacemakers, to, we don't have to be perfect, but we do have to forgive we have to be patient we have to have diligence um that small things are how we build the foundation of zion that we have open hearts we have an oh, oh give, that we give our hearts that we have a willing mind um and that all of the, these things all the things that make a people a people of zion are going to be things that are going to be held as an ensign to the rest of the people um and uh and i feel like we can learn a lot about what Heavenly Father wants from us, right? In that. Um, and I think a lot of times we tend, at least I feel like the world tends to look at people who believe in God and look at people who believe in um, heaven and a higher power as, first of all, they look at us as kind of nutty, which is fine. I'm okay with being seen as a little nutty as I am kind of nutty. <laughs> Um, but I also think that people tend to think that, um, God expects perfection of us, um, and that we expect perfection of other people and expect perfection of ourselves. And the reality is we are not capable of perfection right now and attempting to, it's one thing to work towards perfection Um, it's another thing to expect perfection and then to be penalized for not achieving that perfection. Um, and I think that that's something to keep in mind. So I want to move on to forgiveness. I feel like the rest of this chapter, um, or not chapter, but the rest of these sections are essentially forgiveness. I feel like it comes up (coughs) a lot. Excuse me. So I wanted to read, this little question from the come follow me that I really loved. It says, how does the savior's compassion affect your feelings about yourself and about others? Why do you think the Lord commands us to forgive all? And the thing I thought about when I read this question is forgive all. Um, usually when I think all, I tend to think like when I think about forgiving all, I think about forgiving all others as in everyone else, like no matter who it is, no matter what they do to me, I have to forgive every single person that hurts me. Um, every single person that betrays me, every single person, every other person, I think out there all right. Um, but did you know that all also means you and me? And I don't mean this as you forgive me and I forgive you, although we should do that too. Um, I mean you forgive you and I forgive me. We are included in all. I am included in all. I need to forgive everybody else and I need to forgive me because I am commanded to forgive all. And I am in that. I am included in all. Um, we see forgiveness again in sixty four in section 64, verses 3, um, in 7, 9 through 11, 13, 22, over and over and over again. One of the talks the Come Follow Me recommends reading is The Ministry of Reconciliation by Jeffrey R. Holland from October 2018. I'm going to read um, a little section of that that I really loved. It says, Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Christ taught in the New Testament times. And in our day, I, the Lord, will forgive whom I will forgive. But of you it is required to forgive all men. It is, however, important for some of you living in real anguish to note what he did not say. He did not say you're not allowed to feel true pain or true, real sorrow from the shattering experiences you have had at the hand of another. Nor did he say, in order to forgive fully, you have to re-enter a toxic relationship or return to an abusive, destructive circumstance. But notwithstanding, even the most terrible offenses that might come to us, we can rise above our pain only when we put our feet on the path of true healing. That path is the forgiving one walked by Jesus of Nazareth, who calls out to each of us, come follow me. He goes on to say in our shared ministry of reconciliation, I ask us to be peacemakers, to love peace, to seek peace, to create peace, to cherish peace. I make that appeal in the name of the Prince of Peace, who knows everything about being wounded in the house of his friends, but who still found the strength to forgive and forget and to heal and be happy. And I think it's very very, very, very against our human nature to forgive. It's very against our nature because our brains want to hold on to the hurt. And it seems counterintuitive. Um, Why would we want to hold on to hurt? That doesn't make sense. But think about it. As a defense mechanism, our brains want to hold on to the hurt. Our brains want to hold on to the pain because it tells us It's safer that way. It's safer to keep the pain of betrayal with us because we might feel it again if we forgive and let it go. We're letting the betrayer get away with it if we forgive and we let it go. Except, here's the kicker they can't actually feel your pain, right? You feel your pain. Christ feels your pain. Heavenly Father feels your pain. And that's it. That's it. That's a list of people who can feel your pain. The people who hurt you cannot feel the pain that you're feeling. So even though your brain thinks it's safer, it isn't safer. It just hurts you more. So somebody hurt you and then you hurt you. Forgiveness, this is something I feel like is just kind of mind-blowing to me that I've never thought of this before, but it makes 100% sense. Forgiveness takes faith and trust in our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, and in His incredible atonement. Faith that Christ and his atonement can heal your wounds, and trust that God will deal justice to those who hurt us. Um, And as I was writing these notes down, I was thinking also, um, we have this feeling, I think for me at least sometimes, where if somebody hurts me, I'm like, yeah, God, deal out that justice. Um, And we're commanded to forgive everyone. And I think that this is because it asks us to trust God and to trust Christ because we can't see the true intentions of people. We can't see their motives. We can't see the trauma, past trauma, present trauma um, that is influencing people who hurt us. But God and Christ can. And we can't heal the hurt that we cause, and we can't heal the hurt that other people have caused to us, but God and Christ can. And ultimately, Heavenly Father and Christ want peace for us. And I was thinking about how sometimes, because our brains are like this, and mine especially tends to be a little vindictive, that if somebody hurts me, I'm like, deal out that justice, deal that out. Not realizing that I think how many times have I hurt someone unintentionally or intentionally? And it's not a result of me trying to hurt them, but it's a result of my own pain spilling out in an uncontrollable way. Okay, I want you to think about that for a second. Um, I feel like as a mom, I deal with this a lot where if I'm not taking care of myself or if I'm especially if I'm not feeling good or I haven't been sleeping well or I'm not eating well um, and I'm really overwhelmed, how much hurt have I caused that I'm not trying to hurt my children you know, by yelling at them or snapping at them or whatever it is, but how many times have I hurt their feelings? How many times have I made them feel small as a result of my own pain and my own inner turmoil spilling out? And do I want justice for that, or do I want mercy and love and understanding and compassion for that? Um, I want the latter. And so when we forgive, I feel like we're able to tap into that compassion, to the mercy, and understand that most of the time I feel, and this may not be true, I don't know, but I like the thought, and I'm going to hold on to it, that most of the time... When people hurt us, it isn't a result of them wanting to hurt us. It's a result of inner chaos and inner turmoil spilling out from them because they can't contain it all anymore. And we're we're getting a little bit of that. Um, I feel like Heavenly Father and Christ want peace for us. And the only way that we get that is through forgiveness. Um, I remember hearing one time uh, this, I was listening to some coaching. If you don't listen to Jody Moore coaching, you should. <laughs> Be Bold, um, is her program and, uh, Better Than Happy is her podcast. Highly recommend. Um, but I was listening to her coach somebody one time and the person had been hurt. I think, um, in her previous marriage, the, um, ex-husband had been pretty, pretty awful. And, she was really hurting about over this thing um and jody asked her why she was holding on to this like they were divorced it was over like she was no longer in that situation why was she holding on to this and um and she like just forgive him and let him go and let it go you know um and I, I mean jody's a lot i make it sound like she's super callous <laughs> she's not she's super sweet um i'm just kind of summing it up excuse me. And she said, um, it's like you're hitting yourself in the face and you're like, Oh, Jody, I have this pain in my face and I watch you for a minute and you talk to me and you're like, yeah, I take my hand and I smack myself in the face. And I'm like, well, why don't you stop smacking yourself in the face? And you're like, no, no, no. I have to keep smacking myself in the face. That way I remember, um, how, what hurt feels like it's like, no, you can remember that without smacking yourself in the face. You don't have to keep doing that to yourself. Um, and I feel like that's what, when we hold on to those pains and we hold on to those grievances, um, it feels like we're just smacking ourselves in the face and there's no reason to do that. Um, one of the things I wanted to add was, um, in, oh, where is it? In Doctrine and Covenants section 64 verse 13, um, I read this and I immediately thought that I feel like sometimes it's a commandment that we are to forgive, right? This isn't, this isn't an option. (laughs) This is something we are commanded to do, um, right? It is required of you to forgive all men. That's in verse 10 of um, section 64. And I realized, I'm like, it's kind of a slap in the face if we do not forgive. Because it's like we're saying to Heavenly Father, I don't trust you. And it's like we're saying to God and to, or to, um, Christ, I don't trust you. I don't trust you to be a just God. I don't trust you, Christ, that you can heal these wounds. I have to do it, except for I can't do it. Um, and I don't trust you to take care of it, so I'm just going to keep holding on to this thing. Um, and that's, that's not the case. And so I feel like the faith we have to have that faith there to trust heavenly father and Christ and to be able to forgive and to let it go. Um, the one last thing I wanted to touch on was it come follow me references the story of, um, Moses and the fiery serpents. It's found in numbers chapter 21 verses six through nine. Um, I'm not going to read it. Um, we all kind of know the story, right? That There were fiery serpents sent among the um, people of Israel. They were biting people. People were dying. Moses was like, hey, can we stop this? And he's like, yeah, sure. This is the part I want to focus on. Um, I am going to read this. This is verse 6, 7, 8. This is verse 8. Sorry, I don't mark them. I just, anyway. (laughs) Um, He says, the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live. Right? So he makes a brass serpent on a pole, holds it up, and everybody that looks on it gets to live. People that don't look on it die. And I want I thought I was thinking about this that sometimes the solution to our trials doesn't come in the way that we think, right? Heavenly Father could have waved his hand and all the fiery serpents could have been gone, all the snakes could have been gone, all the people who could have been were bitten could have been healed. But he it doesn't usually work that way. Usually something is required of us. It was required of Moses to make the fiery serpent on a stick to hold up for everybody else to see. It was required of everybody else to look. Does it take a lot of effort to physically like turn your head and look? Well, I've never had snake venom from a fiery serpent running through my body, so I don't know exactly how much physical effort it took to look. But I feel like, in general, we can all at least kind of glance in the general direction without too much physical exertion. This was not a test of physical exertion. This was a test of spiritual exertion, right? Just looking, do you believe that that's going to fix it? Do you believe that when you forgive that person, that's going to fix it? Are you going to look? Right? And I feel like sometimes the answers to our trials don't come in the way that we expect. And I would say 99% of the time we are required to do something, to do some kind of action, to show our faith in Heavenly Father in order to to move from trial, from that trial, if that makes sense. Um, so let's talk about, we didn't really talk about plan of salvation today, but let's talk about application. Forgive, right? If you're not sure how to forgive, pray. Um, one of the other things that Come Follow Me recommends reading is an article from the church blog Um, so if you go on to, oh, I don't know what it is now, but you can still search lbs.org and it will come up, um, the church website and you can look up, um, how God speaks to me through the scriptures by Henry B. Eyring. And he says, um, he, he has used the scriptures to counsel me about my needs, my situation, my life. Um, but I learned that I must go to the scriptures in order to find the counsel. Sometimes I go to the scriptures for doctrine. Sometimes I go to the scriptures for instruction. I often go to the scriptures with questions. What would God have me do? What would God have me feel? Invariably, I find new ideas and thoughts I have never had before and receive inspiration and answers to my questions that benefit me personally. Um, And so I want to add that... um, If you're not sure about how to go about forgiving somebody who's hurt you, go to the scriptures, pray. Um, I've often heard that prayer is how we talk to Heavenly Father, and the scriptures are how he answers us. Um, And I just want to end with one more um, quotation from Jeffrey R. Holland's talk, um, and that's, that's where we'll end. He says surely each of us could cite an endless array of old scars and sorrows and painful memories that this very moment could still corrode the peace in someone's heart or family or neighborhood. Whether we have caused that pain or been a recipient of the pain, those wounds need to be healed so that life can be as rewarding as God intended it to be. Like the food in your refrigerator that your grandchildren carefully check on your behalf, those old grievances have long since exceeded their expiration date. This is my favorite part right here. Are you, re- are you listening? Okay, turn up turn up your volume. Please don't give precious space in your soul to them anymore. Longer. As Prospero said to the regret for Alonzo in The Tempest, let us not burden our remembrance with a heaviness that is gone. Okay, and so I challenge you this week to forgive. Let that thing go. Whether you're forgiving somebody who has hurt you, whether you're forgiving yourself for past mistakes, past grievances. Um, that thing that you said that was so dumb that you shouldn't have said. Say, tell yourself, you know what? You made a mistake and I love you and we're going to let it go. I forgive you. It's okay. You made a mistake. I love you. I forgive you. We're moving on. Okay. And I'll talk to you next week.